Good morning, class. Hi, I'm Keith Moore, and we welcome you to Faith School. Faith School is the place where my spirit is fed, where my faith grows stronger, and where I learn how to be an overcomer. The scripture says, in his light, we see light. And... Um, Jesus said, if you walk with me, you won't be in darkness. He's talking about spiritual darkness. And when someone is, uh, they, they say, I just, I, I don't know what to do. I don't know what's going on. I don't understand why everything's wrong in my life. That's like having your eyes closed and I can't see this and I can't see that and I can't see. It's darkness, darkness. But in his light, uh, once, you, once you actually can see how things are, it becomes simple. Oh, this is the problem. Okay, stop that. Do this. And uh, the Lord will lead us out in the path of the just is like the bright and shining light. It gets brighter and brighter uh, to the full day sun, like, like the sun rising from daylight until noon. It just gets brighter and brighter and brighter. And so... It's not hopeless. It's never as bad as the devil makes it out to be. But you need light. And so let's believe for that today. Father, all of us agree together as touching this, asking you for light, for illumination by your Holy Spirit and by your Holy Word. Your, your Word is light and life. Your Spirit is light and life. And we ask for the light of life that we may see, that we may know, and make the necessary changes and, and in, arise and uh, receive fully the freedom and blessing that you have for us. Amen. We ask it and we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Said out loud, I'm, I'm seeing more. I'm understanding more. I'm walking in the light with Jesus. Hallelujah. He is the light. Uh, go to Hebrews 3, please, again. Hebrews chapter 3. And then also 1 Corinthians 10, our text that we've been looking at, talking about overcoming unbelief. As you understand more of this, you see that unbelief is just one of the worst things that could ever happen to you. You might say, really, Brother Keith? What, worse than a terrible disease? Yeah, because God can heal diseases. <laughs> but if you refuse to believe, what can, what can God do with you? He's not going to force you to believe. Well, what if I'm in terrible shape financially? God can provide. I mean, there's nothing he can't fix if you believe. All things are possible with him and to those who believe. But if you won't believe, if you refuse, uh, 
to be persuaded and refuse to listen and trust and obey, you get in a place where God himself can't help you. And if he can't help you, you're done. No man can't help you. God can't help you. And it's not that he doesn't have the power to. It's just he's not going to violate his word. He's not going to contradict his words that he's already said. And he's not going to override any of our wills and make us do something. So it remains our choice whether to believe or not, whether to listen or reject, whether to obey or rebel. Everybody said out loud, I, I, choose I choose to believe. To believe. I, choose I choose to listen, to listen. and be teachable, be teachable. To, receive to receive instruction and counsel and, and, wisdom. and wisdom. I choose, I choose to, submit to, God, to submit to God, to yield myself to, yield myself to the Lordship of Jesus, Lordship of Jesus and to His Holy Word and to follow his path and directions for my life. Hallelujah. And you know what will happen when you do that? It'll be well with you. It'll be well with you. It'll go well with you. And you'll live long. Hallelujah. And you'll prosper and you'll be a good witness and you'll be a blessing to others. That's a good life. That's a good life. Hebrews 3 In verse 7, he said, As the Holy Spirit says today, if you'll hear his voice, harden not your hearts as in the provocation in the day of temptation in the wilderness. Verse 10, he said, I was grieved with that generation. I said, they always err in their heart, and they have not known my ways. And it wasn't because they couldn't learn them. They chose not to. They they didn't want to know him any better. And that's the thing that... uh, puzzled me. When I first began in the ministry over 40 years ago, I had I discovered soon after that, um, like the scripture said, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. And I thought, well, man, that's it. People just don't know. They just don't know. And so that's our job, help people to see. And, the and, and there is that element But then uh, years later, I finally read the other half of the verse. (laughs) You know, so many doctrines would have been changed if you just read the verse that came before it and the verse that came after it. But the rest of that verse says, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. And that's not even the whole verse. The rest of it says, because you have rejected knowledge. So it wasn't just a matter of ignorance only. It was a matter of a refusal to receive and want to know more. And as I went further in ministry, as the years went by, I began to see, no, it's not just a problem of ignorance. It's a problem of rejection. Because even if you have the tiniest amount of light and understanding. I mean the tiniest amount. If you will receive it, if you will believe it and act on it, you know what's going to happen next? More is going to come to you immediately. Immediately. And if you receive that and act on that, more will come. And and I don't care if you were 10th generation idol worshiper, you know, in one of the worst, roughest parts of the world, I don't care if you've been living in a cardboard box. If you would look up to God 
and believe him and act on the light he gives, he will bring you all the way out into full salvation in Jesus, being filled with the Spirit, knowing who you are and your rights and privileges in Christ, and bless you. The Bible, the psalmist said, he takes them from the dung heap and sets them with princes. Amen. Glory to God. But the truth is, many have heard much, and they don't like it. They don't like it. They don't want it. They don't want to hear anymore. The Bible said Jesus came to his own and what? Even the scribes and Pharisees who had spent most of their life studying the law, studying the scriptures and the prophecies. They are looking at the word manifest in front of them. They are hearing God speak and they don't like it. Oh, they're religious. They got all their degrees. <laughs> they got their robes. They got this and that. But they don't like what they're hearing. They despised it. They came to hate Jesus. He said, they hated me without a cause. And they're looking at him. They're listening to him. And they hated it. And so this is what's happening throughout the whole earth. God is sending the good news, the, the message, the word of his goodness, his greatness, his redemptive love, his redemptive provision in Christ. He's sending it all over the world. And this good news is going to be preached to all nations and everybody before the end comes. And the thing is, some will love it like us and a lot of people won't. A lot of people, even though they hear and see the same thing we heard and saw, they don't want it. And they'll say, leave me alone. I don't need all that. I don't want all that religious junk, they call it. And sadly, they'll be lost. But it was not God's choice for them. It was their choice. And in the end, uh, it'll be proven. Yea, let God be true and every man a liar that you may be justified when you are judged. God will be shown past this life to have been completely fair and good and righteous and that he gave people multitudes of opportunities to hear and see and believe and follow him and you just have to reject, reject, reject to be lost. But I've made my choice. Amen. How about you? I've already made my choice. <laughs> and he chose us. Hallelujah. And thank God by his grace we were able to receive him and testify of him. And the scripture said that the just shall live by faith and walk by faith and that it's impossible to please him without faith. And so now that we are born again by faith, every day is to be a faith day. Huh? Every day we are to blink our eyes in faith. Hallelujah. I'm telling you. Did you, hear the, did you hear the phrases? Live by faith. Walk by faith. What does that mean? That's not just something you do for a couple hours at church. This is how we live. Go ahead and say it, class. This is how I live. This is how I live. I live by faith. I function by faith. I operate 
By faith. faith. Night and day. day. It's how I live. live. Well, wouldn't you want to please God? Night and day? Right? Wouldn't you want to please Him in everywhere you go, everything you do? Well, that means everything has to be from, of, and to faith. Faith. And faith is not just a, you know, the, a technical definition. Faith is living trust in a living God. It's a, it's a relationship and a fellowship. And it's a choice every day. Just like you can trust or not trust a human person in your life. And, uh, you know, maybe things... Uh, situations and circumstances have changed now from what they were last year or 10 years ago. And you still got to make a choice. Do I trust this person? And people can change. God does not change. Hallelujah. He does not change. (laughs) He is just as trustworthy today as he was when uh, Abraham trusted him. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Just as and when when Jesus and Paul and every he, he never changes. Say that loud. I, I trust him. I, I, trust I trust you, Lord. So go to First Corinthians ten. Let's look at this again. He said the things that happened to them, verse six, are examples to to the intent that we should not lust uh, like they did, or be idolaters like them, or commit fornication like them, or tempt Christ like them, or murmur like some of them. Verse ten. Neither murmur ye as some of them also murmured and were destroyed of the destroyer. Now all these things happen unto them for in samples are examples and they are written for our admonition upon whom the ends of the world are come. Wherefore let him that thinks he stands take heed lest he fall. So if all those things that are written, he's talking about in Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, Judges, all those things of that, the history of the forefathers and then especially, you know, Israel and and their journeys and what happened with them. He says all of that is recorded and written. Why was it written? You know, because so many things that happened that long ago, they've been lost. Uh, You know, nobody would ever know it in our current generation. But Why was it recorded for us as the inspired Word of God? Because it applies to us every day of our life. People say, well, well, no, that's that's Old Testament, Brother Keith. That's Old Testament. God hasn't changed. He's exactly the same God today as He was then. Faith hasn't changed at all. Unbelief hasn't changed. It hasn't changed at all. Since Abraham's day, since Moses' day, what has changed is our covenant in Christ, our access to God, us being made righteous. We no longer offer animal sacrifices and blood because His blood has once and for all, hallelujah, bought us, redeemed us, made us holy, made us righteous. But as far as the, the Word of God in the Old Testament being right and true is always right and true. It'll always be right and true. So according to Hebrews 3 and 1 Corinthians 10 and other places, should we learn things from these accounts in Exodus and other places? So let's go back to it, Exodus 
14 and 15. Examples of unbelief. And the benefit of this is that once, you know, once we identify it, we can eliminate it out of our life and overcome it instead of it overcoming us. Not let it, not let this unbelief rob us, steal from us. In uh, Exodus uh, 15, well actually 14, we saw the uh, uh, deliverance of God's people through the, the splitting of the Red Sea. And we saw them, you know, rejoice in God and they believed Him for three days. <laughs> and we all celebrated about that brief, brief revival that they had. <laughs> and they went three days in the wilderness and in Exodus 15, 22, and they found no water. Now, in talking about faith, the scripture says, uh, we walk by faith, not by sight. 2 Corinthians 5, 7. 4.18 of 2 Corinthians says, we don't look at the things that are seen, but at the things which are not seen. Because the things that are seen are temporal are temporary. In other words, they change. They are changing. They're changing all the time. Which means if I base my believing on what I see, I will be unstable. But the things that are not seen, they're what? They're eternal. They don't change. And so if I base my, if I look at that and think about that, keep my focus on that and believe that, I will be established. I will be stable. So this is another big characteristic and quality of unbelief. Unbelief is unstable. It's up. It's down. And it depends on what day you catch it. You know? uh, we see them shouting playing tambourines, singing a song of faith in God. The whole 15th chapter is the song. And, but this is after <laughs> they saw the elimination of their enemies in the Red Sea, and they're no longer under any kind of pressure or any kind of threat. So when things were good, they're good. Hmm? Come on, can you see this? For three days. Did somebody say three days? <laughs> now you're laughing. <laughs> but none of us want to be too much under the microscope on this. <laughs> because uh, uh, so many, even Christians. Now, yeah, you, you don't expect any better out of unbelievers. Dear me, they are totally flesh dominated. They're going to be up, down, unstable. They don't even know what to believe in. But for believers... So many are babies. And, you know, even from a babyhood to a childhood, even to a teenager, naturally speaking, have you ever listened to how much children and, even, and teenagers talk about how they feel? <laughs> it's just nonstop. Well, I just feel or I just don't feel or I feel so and I feel, I feel, I feel. That's an unstable individual because depending on how they feel is how they're going to believe. If they feel good, they believe they're doing good. 
If they feel bad, how you doing? Oh, not good. Why? They, they, they take into consideration no other parameters of their life. It's all based on how I feel at the, at the moment. And man, anybody that's been alive for a few days would realize how <laughs> fickle feelings are. Man, if you, if you live by your feelings... You're, it's going to be hard to pin you down at any given time. How are they doing? Well, I don't know. Go check. They were okay this morning. <laughs> now, you're laughing, but this, this is so many people, so many Christians, so many church-going people. Can you see that with these guys? I mean, enemy wiped out. No more problem. No more threat. Yay. Yay, we're happy today. We're singing, playing the tambourine. Yay, yay. And then, no water? No water? <laughs> no water? What are we going to drink? From the high, all the way to the bottom. Nothing, nothing to stop their fall. Why? Because... There's walking by sight. Back, back up to uh, uh, 14 again. Let me remind you, 14 and 31. Israel saw the great work that the Lord did upon the Egyptians. Verse 30, it said, Israel saw the Egyptians dead upon the seashore. So they're all, ex- they're, they're all excited about what? What they saw. So that's only going to last uh, until you what? See something there? <laughs> you guys are picking up on this. Y'all are, y'all are getting it. That's only going to last until you see something else. So three days later, they see something else. No water. Oh, no. So no water. Now, if you're going to have faith, you're going to have to not walk by sight. Come on, can you see this? You're going to have to say, well, I don't, I'm not moved by what I see. I believe this, what God told me. Because remember the definition of faith in Hebrews 11.1, 1, faith is the substance or confidence of things hoped for. That's looking forward to expecting. And the evidence of things, what? Not seen. Or one translation says the conviction are being sure of what is not seen. So this is life-altering. This is perspective-altering and life-changing. What do you mean? You just, you don't think the same when your faith is in things that are not seen. It, it puts in, into you a core stability. Everything around you is doing this and this, this and this. But the Word of God reads exactly the same today as it did thousands of years ago. And what God said is exactly true and right and powerful now as it was when it came out of His mouth millennia ago Unchanging. Somebody say unchanging. Unchanging. He said, I am the Lord. I change not. 
And man, when you start basing your beliefs and your convictions and your values and priorities and your expectations on eternal things, you stabilize. Hallelujah. And things, when things come along and rock other people's boat and they're panicking and, oh, what are we going to do? And you're going to do the same thing you've been doing. Yes. Right? You're, you're going to trust God. You're going to look to Him. You're going to believe what He said. You're going to do what He said. You're going to expect what He said to come to pass. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This is living by faith. And this is the victory that overcomes the world. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Mm, mm, mm. So they three days, found no water, and they lost their song, and they lost their joy, their happiness, and they lost their peace, and they lost their excitement and their expectation. They lost their faith because they didn't see water. And immediately, they looked to Moses. And, and, and this, is, this is another characteristic of unbelief. We've already seen it, but we'll repeat it because it keeps coming up. Unbelief refuses to take responsibility for its own life. Unbelief is a blame shifter. Blamer. It's ugly stuff too. It's actually dishonest. Dishonest. Because they were pretty happy when they got free from Egyptian bondage. And they all had money in their pockets. And the Bible said they came out with a high hand. What does that mean? They didn't, they didn't come out like this. I mean they went out and they, they were kind of rubbing the Egyptians' noses in it. They were kind of like you said we'd never go. We are leaving. You see us? You see us? We are leaving. They're happy about it. And in the first sign of trouble, why would you take us out? You should have left us there. And then Red Sea fixes everything. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Bill, you did the right thing. Let's go, let's go, let's go. And in three days, three days, no water. Where's our water? What are we going to do? And just in the very next chapter, we're all going to die out here. Why would you bring us out here? Dishonest. An honest person would at least say, you know, I voted for this too. <laughs> I, I wanted to leave. I was tired of being a slave. I wanted to go. So you take whatever responsibility, right? Goes with that. But no, unbelief reveals a wrong heart and a dishonest heart and an unthankful heart, and a disrespectful heart. That's why in Hebrews it's called evil heart of unbelief. It's bad stuff. Say it out loud, I refuse, I refuse to, blame others, to blame others and doubt, and doubt question, God. question God. I will, I will lean, on, lean on, rely on, rely on trust, in my God, trust in my God, and He will. Always take care of me. Praise God. Praise God. And our time's up again today. As you can see, there's a whole lot more to get to. So when are we ever going to get to those other eight events? Uh, we think we've got time, so keep coming. 
There's going to be a lot more. We'll see you soon here in Faith School. I've got a victory living inside. Thank you for joining us at Faith School. Class is dismissed for today, but you can watch this and other episodes of Faith School free of charge at faithschool.org. For more information, visit our website or call us at 941-702-7390.